0: And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com.
1: Welcome in. It's Rob Black Show. Hallelujah, sweet Jesus, Friday. I can't say it any better than that. It's been one of those weeks for me in my non-radio life world. My radio life world's been pretty good. I have really enjoyed doing the show. We're eight hours into a ten-hour week. I know you're saying, "Man, you really, you really work a lots and lots of hours, don't you, Rob? I do. I do. I've got other uh, sideshows that I'm involved in. For instance, I've got an application now, and I'm starting to develop a professional version that's a little bit more beefy and more video oriented, but not ready yet. Not ready yet. But I do have an app uh, at the iTunes Store under Rob Black and Your Money. So let's hit some of the, the headline news that's out there today. You know, first and foremost. The Eurozone fear, it's weighing on stocks again. I'm going to give some commentary later in the show that I think Europe's not safe right now as an investment. Most of Europe's not safe right now as an investment. And I think just because they fixed their problems with a huge bailout last week at this time, uh, let's change that. Not bailout, promise. I don't think it's done. I think that's a pretty big story of the day. Europe is still weighing in on the American stock markets and the overall world stock markets as well. Another story of the day has to be gold. Hits a record high again as there is that nervousness of the United States needed a trillion dollar bailout. Europe needed a trillion dollar promise. That's no good. There's no doubt about it that that money has to be paid back. California's got budget problems up to yin-yang. That's just as important as Greece. Greece is small compared to California. So a lot of people think California's the next Greece. We've got tons of, you know, types of headline stories like this. Obama's out there today. He's vowed to halt the cozy relationship between oil companies and federal regulators. He's criticized BP, Halliburton, and Transocean for pointing fingers at each other over the Gulf oil spill and not taking the blame. The Senate voted today for a provision that would thrust the government into the process of determining who rates complex bond deals. This is a move ultimately to end the alleged conflicts of interest that are out there. So those are some of the big headline news. There's more. There's absolutely more out there as far as headline news goes. But I would say that's the biggest. You know, that's that's what we got at this point in time. Oil dips below seventy two dollars a share, not a share. We got on my thinking a barrel. Oil's below seventy two dollars a barrel. And that's interesting to note because I think somewhere and I I I'm I'm this is off the cuff for me right now. I think somewhere around $80 a barrel, oil is telling you the world economies are consuming. Somewhere around 65-70, oil's telling you the world markets are are contracting, the economies aren't quite working right. We got plenty of oil out there and again, is that kind of odd in your head and tell me if I'm wrong on this. In your head, wouldn't you have thought that the big oil spill, the oil disaster going on in the Gulf of Mexico, would have pushed prices higher. I mean, that's probably your normal thought, right? Probably. So it's Friday, so a little later in the show, I'm going to be talking to Dan Risnowski or San Jose Sharks. Sunday, they play at noon. On to the third round. There's nothing like the Stanley Cup Finals, because it's not one game and you're out, except for when game sevens or elimination games. Stanley Cup Finals are really, really exciting, because... It takes two months to finish them. It is a, a journey. It is not a sprint in any way, shape, or form. So Sunday at noon, they start to kick back up. And I'm going to talk to Dan Rusinowski in about a little bit more than an hour. But uh, at 10.30 today, i got PC Magazine Eric Griffith. We're going to be talking a number of web-based services, which make free or super cheap long-distance calls possible. PC Magazine has rounded up the very best and has an editor who's going to be talking to us about it. I hope, I've always liked PC Magazine. I'm a little bit of a nerd. I think it's cool to be a nerd in this day and age. I think it's cool to be a nerd in this day and age. So, I don't know. It's Friday. Kind of have a little bit more of a lighter show. I do have some investment ideas for you. I do have some ways to fix your portfolios for you. Um, But, for instance, I'm thinking Robin Hood. I don't need another Robin Hood movie in my life. I'm Robin Hooded out. So, I don't need Russell Crowe in my life. I'm Russell Crowed out. Now, I know Robin Hood will make lots and lots and lots of money. Because Russell Crowe is know, one of the most prolific actors in our day and age. I know it'll make a lot of money, but I think Iron Man 2 will make more money. I just think America wants the escapism of Iron Man. We haven't seen the Iron Man story. We haven't seen, um, you know, the characterization that Robert Downey has put into his, uh, his superhero as well as the flawed uh, manhood that is the superhero. So I think we're more intrigued by Iron Man 2. So I would say Iron Man 2, two thumbs up. I would say Robin Hood, two thumbs down. I know you're saying both thumbs, Rob. Yes, and they're both opposable thumbs. Um, I am not a cow, my friend. But yeah, Robin Hood, we've seen it. In the end, is he going to win? Yay. In the end, is he going to get the girl? Yay. In the end, is the sheriff going to die? But almost beat up Robin Hood, almost kill him and leave him for dead and only to see, yeah, of course, we know how that movie ends. So anyway, I got no interest. No interest in the historical epic that is Robin Hood. And again, they're trying to make it more real. And I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. Now, one thing, if we're, if we're not at movies, one thing that we do as a society, and I still think this is a, mostly a masculine pastime, but I know a lot of chicks who video game. Sales of video game sales plunged 26% in April. April's really not considered a hot month for video games. That's the fourth largest percentage drop ever, though, as players had fewer new names to choose from. The industry's changed a lot in the last 10 years. It's gone from, you know, 10 to 20 developers to two to five. So the game industry's racked up $766 million in sales last month, down from 1 billion in April of last year. Sales of consoles suffered a 37% decline to 249 million. Now, it's interesting that you pay attention to these kind of things because the more consoles that are sold, typically the more video games that are bought. So they kind of go hand in hand. So you can be an investor in video games and not be an inv- in, in, And you would want to use your data metric of how many consoles are out there. There's also another interesting thing that we seem to be at a point right now where a lot of the consoles are slowly evolving instead of revolutionizing. Sony PlayStation 1 to 2 was a revolution. PlayStation 2 to 3, a little bit less so, but it was still a huge platform move. And anytime a video game platform changes, a lot of the software makers, their first set of games stink. They tend not to do well because they've never programmed on that. And what they try to do is they try to get, you know, they rush the games out so that they're available on the launch so they can get that big action. Right around now, the software companies really figure out how to make a lot of money. Typically, they take an intellectual property and they bastardize it and stretch it out a little bit too long. For instance, there's a video game coming out right now called Shrek 4. Do we need a fourth Shrek video game? Probably not. But anyway, neither here nor there. So Game Souls really took a beating. Publishers rang up $399 million in sales, and that's still a lot of money. Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Conviction sold less than half a million units. Again, we're, wasn't Tom Clancy like a 1980s spy American novelist? Is he still even relevant in any way, shape, or form? God of War 3, obviously the sequel to God of War 2, and the sequel to God of War 1 and a 2 or the sequel to God of War 1. So you, you get the idea that there's not there's not really anything that we're talking about out there. So... There was only a quarter as many releases uh, as there was in last April. So video game companies, they're getting so big at this point in time, and they're starting to get distracted with other projects like programming for the iPhone and, and elsewhere. So the idea of spending a $60 right now on a game is appealing to a smaller market. Um, the idea of spending $4 for your iPhone on a bedazzled is a little bit more attractive, or a dollar on Dodge Dot. So it's just... We want a little bit of a distraction right now. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. One more quickie story out there, and I, I find this just amazing, is that WAMO. Who's Whammo? Think about it. Think about it. You'll come up with it. It's the manufacturer of the Frisbee, the hula hoop, slip and slides, hacky sack, and other well-known recreational products. They've leased 150,000 square foot in Santa Fe Springs. And basically, Emeryville, California-based Whammo is going to use the space as a distribution center. I I, I like the story in large part. Don't you almost want to get your kid a slinky instead of a PlayStation portable? Do you remember the magic that you had as a kid with a slinky? Now, again, how long would that hold a kid's attention today? One minute. How soon until it's in the trash? One week. But Frisbees, I love throwing a Frisbee. I played college frisbee. I did. This is this is one of the weirdest stories I'll ever tell you about me. I played collegiate frisbee football. I know. I, I did collegiate soccer for about a week, and I found out I wasn't good enough anymore. Made the team, and I found out I wasn't good enough anymore. Just my my speed wasn't at the college level. So, so what I did was to, to impress the chicks. I played football, frisbee football, ultimate frisbee. And uh, that year we actually came in eighth in the nation as far as, and now you're saying, no, now I'm calling BS. BS, they don't rate Frisbee teams. We actually came in the College World Series and came in eighth that year. So, and and my little trick was I was just super fast. Uh, In this day and age, I'm not super fast anymore. Well, and that's funny. I just told you I wasn't super fast enough to play soccer. Soccer, man, the the, the game speed, the difference between high school and college and the difference between college and, and professional, it's crazy. And that's all sports does is on the different levels it speeds up Enormously different enormously different. So anyway, Whammo Frisbee maker, still in business After all these years we could throw a plastic frisbee and, and be entertained by it I think there's nothing better 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air It's 800-345-5639 To get your calls on the air Don't be shy You can drop me an email Rob, R-O-B, at robblack.com R-O-B, at robblack.com I think that's about all I got for you Coming up I've got a winner-winner chicken dinner, and i got some losers in the Gulf of Mexico tied towards the oil spill. Stay with me on the Rob Black and Your Money Show, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk.
0: Because you want to be able to afford your midlife crisis, it's the Rob Black Show on 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Call now, 1-800-345-5639.
1: It's me, Rob Black. It's Rob Black and your money show. We're rebranding the show again. It was always Rob Black and your money for years and years and years and years and years because it made sense, me and you and your money. It's a show dedicated to you. And then we went with more simple Rob Black show. Radio sometimes oversimplifies things. Um, And my new management says, make it a little bit more complicated. Tell people what it is. Boom. Just like that. Now, this show is dedicated to making you money. And let me give you an example of what I'm going to try to do here: is show you that the big Gulf oil spill—it's a disaster, right? It's ecological terrorism, you know, nuclear bomb strike, whatever you want to call it. There's going to be winners and losers that come out of that. It's too big of an event not to. And ultimately, the winners and losers are probably going to come out because of politics. Deepwater Horizon wells—they blanket the United States coast. Will we have an energy policy when this is all said and done that changes, or will we have an energy policy that gets stuck in the mud? We tend to have an energy policy that believe it or not it's it's not going to change a lot due to this it's going to get stuck in the mud. Problems create more you know less less go, uh, uh, less effectiveness because people get really heated on one side or the other. Keep in mind there's some states that they would benefit from Offshore oil well drilling. There's some states that would benefit from wind generation of energy. There's some states that would benefit from nuclear energy. So, anytime there's something as divisive as a disaster in this situation, believe it or not, less gets done than more. The waves of problems created by the deadly explosion on Transocean ticker symbol RIG on their deep water horizon oil well continue to wash all over our economy. First and foremost, the reputation of British Petroleum, which is the owner of that oil. Transocean, which is the owner and operator of the rig, and Halliburton, which is the company that at the time of the explosion was pouring the concrete that was supposed to seal the well, the reputation of those companies are all in ruins. So as an investor, you could say, you will buy that company at a discount now. You will get it cheaper because no one wants to own that company. When my statement comes this month, I don't want to go to my sugar booger and say, look, look, sugar booger, I own British Petroleum. A company that has killed many, many, many animals and ruined coasts and ruined cities, you know, there's, there's a discount that's going to go on that. You know, Big losers also include the wetland ecologies of the Gulf Coast, the fishermen, the shrimpers, who all make a living in the waters, the communities that depend on the Gulf of Mexico for their economic lifeblood. Those communities aren't as sophisticated as California. They're fishing communities through and through. They don't have the dot coms to fall back on. They don't have the semiconductors to fall back on. So this is truly a disaster. And somewhere in that list of casualties that I've thrown out there, you can add our national energy policy, which we had started to form something, whether you like it or not, like the cap and trade and uh, states going to be doing offshore oil well drilling. We had started coming up with a little bit more of an energy policy. But that's over. Cap and trades done on arrival. Any cap-and-trade on a carbon tax or any other mechanism for fighting global climate, dead, 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 dead. It's not that the United States ultimately doesn't need this kind of energy policy. It does, desperately. It's that the disaster in the Gulf of Mexico just makes that clear that we need that policy. Again, that's the problem. Politics in Washington, disasters makes it politically impossible to open up new areas. We need U.S. continental shelf oil drilling. It's been proposed by the Obama administration, Republicans in Congress before the explosion, And and without increased drilling, as a bargaining chip to offer, there's no way to build a coalition. There's no way to build a coalition. And there was coalition people like John Kerry out of Massachusetts, Joe Lieberman out of Connecticut. We had a 987 plan just a couple months ago that we had to strip out a lot of provisions because of this oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Now, could we come up as a nation and suddenly have a natural gas plan? We could. We got plenty of it in this country. We could fuel vehicles with it. No problem. It's cleaner than oil. No problem. But for some reason, we just won't do it. So one of the big winners that's going to come out of the oil spill in the Gulf is nuclear power. The industry has an $18.5 billion in loan guarantees right now from the federal government and $36 billion in guarantees in the administration's proposed 2011 budget. So nuclear power is going to get doubling of money in one year. So the industry doesn't really have a comprehensive legislation, and there's not a lot of huge move from moving from planning nuclear power plants to construction, but now we got a little bit more of a favorable regulatory environment for nuclear. So who builds nuclear? These will be the, invest- the, the, the winners. There's companies like Shaw Group, ticker symbol SHAW. There's companies like Fluor, ticker symbol FLR. There's company like FlowServe, ticker symbol FLS. Who else is going to be winner? Maybe hybrid cars. We as a nation, we, we see these oil spills and we go, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to buy a hybrid vehicle. A, a vehicle that has a battery producer inside this market would be a winner. You know, A123 Systems, it's been a disaster of an investment at this point in time. It's one of the companies that makes hybrid fuel cell vehicles. We want to increase fuel efficiency standards. This is something Obama will look at and say, this this Gulf of Mexico situation, we've we got to get more out of our cars in the United States so we can start consuming less of this oil. If we need less of it, we won't drill as aggressively for it. So I think A123 will be a winner. Um, and the stock's recently been hammered, and it's been hammered some more. So opportunity could be knocking here if you're patient. Johnson Controls is another player here. Natural gas will win for sure. It's too cheap. We, we, we were so addicted to oil in the United States, and we, we became so good at finding natural gas and so good at finding oil, that what we're learning, we are the Saudi Arabia. What oil is to Saudi Arabia, natural gas is the United States. We got plenty of it. So now natural gas doesn't need subsidies. That's the nice thing. Nuclear energy needs government subsidies. Natural gas doesn't. So utilities should switch from coal or oil to gas for generating because it's so cheap right now. So it's interesting to note. I'd look at low cost producers of natural gas like Ultra Petroleum, ticker symbol UPL. I would look at pipeline companies such as Entrust or Energy Transfer Partners, ticker symbol ETP, ETP. Uh, the natural gas is in, in mountains. You have to get it from the mountains to the factories. You have to get it. You know, to a place where it could be refined. And that's what pipelines do. And pipelines are an interesting business model because they don't like come out with pipeline two. You know, it's a super faster, cheaper pipeline. They don't come out with and there's an app for a pipeline. There's nothing fancy about a pipeline. It's just a bore, boring, slow and steady kind of company. So energy transfer partner is not a bad name. It's got pays a nice dividend. Another winner from the oil spill in Mexico is going to be ethanol u s government's not going to invest in the infrastructure necessary to increase the use of natural gas. That's the private sector, but the u s can go after ethanol makers and help them because ethanol's played with because of corn, and ethanol's domestic, and our senators our congressmen love the idea of hey, let's get reelected let's keep jobs in america corn based ethanol would make any extension or increase in support of the u s farm industry politically contentious but uh we eat our energy, you know. We don't even eat our food at times. We 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 turn our food into energy. So I, I think you'll see some ethanol players do okay. Keep an eye on Cosan, uh, yourself to CZZ, one of Brazil's biggest producers of ethanol. I, I'm not going to get you wildly crazy about this, you know. I, I don't. I'm not crazy about ethanol in any way, shape, or form. I think another winner is going to be land-based wind power. I think land-based wind power in names that you know. Who does wind turbines? It's GE. Um, GE's nice there's also overseas a real good company called Vestas you probably never heard of them Vestas Wind Systems it's VWDRY the weak euro has made this company's products a lot cheaper so the United States and China can buy the products because of the weak euro and say hey let's do wind power in the United States now ocean based wind power probably not as much So, but land based wind power probably a little bit of a winner I think the solar industry is just, it's all wrong right now. There's a drop in demand. Uh, The government of Germany has cut their subsidies for solar power. United States can't afford the subsidies. So solar doesn't feel right at this point in time. So I'm cynical about Washington ever getting an energy play or an energy plan in place, but maybe it'll happen. Get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black and Your Money Show. Coming up, I'm going to be talking with... Eric Griffin from PC Magazine. We're going to be talking about, hey, one area where you can save money so you can invest more of it is in your phone calls. Phone calls, long distance, video calls, cheap, 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 smart way to go. It's the Rob Black Show, 9 10 a.m. More stimulating talk.
0: The oil down the desert, have shake to the top. Listening to the Rob Black Show on 9 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1 800 345 5639.
1: 21st Century. PC Magazine was there from the the late 20th century telling us all about these cool new computers and and all these applications that were out there and software, and they were always doing reviews, and it was a nice way to cheat. Instead of doing the homework yourself, you could always check out PC Magazine. Joining me now to help me cheat yet again is Eric Griffith uh, from PC Magazine. How are you, Eric?
2: Very good. How are you?
1: Doing well, and uh, it's staying on top of these new trends and new technologies. It's brutal, but you must love what you do.
2: I do uh, quite a bit. I get to play with all the cool new toys, though sometimes long before anybody else does.
1: Now, about a year ago, I, I played around with Skype as video conferencing, 21st century video calls. It, it's getting a lot better. Where are we as far as making these cheap video calls go?
2: Well, I think uh, we've come quite a ways. I, I remember just years ago seeing video conferencing, kind of video phone toys, showing up in stores, and they just never measured up. They were never the delivering on that kind of Jetsons-esque promise that everybody wanted. When you know we we didn't get our jetpacks, you figured we were going to get our video phones, and they still couldn't deliver on that. But nowadays, when everybody has a laptop and Most people even have phones that have cameras built into them. Uh, I think we've we've come a long way, and the the software and the high-speed Internet connections are making the video conferencing with your friends and family and coworkers a reality.
1: Now, a lot of these features that are out there now, five, ten years ago, were crazy expensive. Um, I don't know if you remember, uh, Eric, but do you remember Star 69? I do, yeah. And you get charged a dollar for calling back the number that just called you, and then they got it down to like 50 cents, and they lowered and lowered and it, and now it's just that standard feature, right?
2: That's right, yeah. that's The phone companies like to definitely make money off of new things. I mean, text messaging on your cell phone is a great example of something that's not really costing them too much money, but they're making a lot of money off of it.
1: So we, let's talk a little bit about some of the, the options that are out there right now. We all know Skype where you can make a – well, I don't. I, I assume we all know Skype. Like I'm seeing like the Today shows now in, using their reporters and having them call in with Skype calls, and we saw a lot of that in Haiti. So you get the video with a phone call, and it's it's free.
2: Yeah, I've I've read that as the budgets fall at news organizations, even like big places like NBC or CNN, Skype has become a standard way for reporters to check in and do reports from the field because of that very fact. You can do a free... Video conference with somebody as long as they're both using Skype on their computers, and it is fantastic quality. We use it to record podcasts here at PC Magazine. I use it on a daily basis to talk to friends and family, uh, both just audio and with video.
1: Now, do you remember the one that came out not too long ago, Magic Jack?
2: Magic Jack is a, a very interesting product. It's a we have a, a kind of a weird relationship with Magic Jack here at PC Magazine because the first time we looked at it, the guy who reviewed it had no problems with it everything went great we gave it a rave review and that's something that the magic Jack company continues to use because they advertise quite a bit late at night and they put the pc magazine logo all over it since then we've kind of reevaluated our look at it because we we had a lot of people write in to tell us that they had some problems with it. Now, overall, it does what it's supposed to do as long as you have a fully functioning computer and a great internet connection and nothing goes wrong with the installation, then you're probably going to be fine. But a lot of people have had issues, but you do need to have a working computer on the internet and your computer would have to be turned on all the time for the magic jack to work because you plug your phone into the jack on the computer
1: speaking with eric griffith from pc magazine they've done a recent feature on you know basically a lot of the telecom services that are out there via technology now magic jack has a competitor out there named icall tell us a little bit more about icall
2: iCall is kind of a, a little bit all over the place as far as the the different services that they offer. They've got a uh, you know a for the desktop software just like Skype. They've got a web based thing. They've got an iPhone app, um, and and you know they all do what they're they're supposed to do. They'll you give them a uh, a little bit of money per month. I think their cost is about ten dollars per month for their total access plan, and you you don't have to see any ads or anything that way, but you get to make as many calls as you want to landlines around the United States and I, maybe even Canada. Uh, it depend, you know. Some of these places will include Canada. Some won't. So that's another thing to be aware of is make sure if you're going to make a call to another country, even if it's just over the border to the north, you can get charged a heck of a lot if you don't do it with the right plan.
1: Speaking again, uh, talking about some of the, the services out there. Not too long ago, Eric, eBay bought... Uh, Skype and their whole idea was that before you did an online purchase you may want to call for free um, the person who's selling it maybe see the item that they're trying to sell you they they, they had the idea of integrating a free voice call or a video voice call into an online auction it didn't really work no But, but some of the big boys like Google and some of the big boys like Microsoft's Bing they're trying to do something similar.
2: Yeah, I mean, Google with its uh, Google Voice product is is pretty amazing all by itself as far as creating a one-stop place for all of your messaging when it comes to voice. And it does a really nice job of, of giving you an online way of accessing voicemail, which is transcribed for you so you can easily read it rather than have to... Uh, just listen to it, though. The transcriptions can actually be quite funny if the person mumbles a lot. Uh, and, and there's a very good chance, they, no guarantee, but there is a very good chance that based on some purchases Google made earlier, or maybe late last year, that they're going to build in the same kind of ability that Skype has to actually make a call out over your PC. We don't know that for sure, but it, it's uh, it's the kind of thing Google likes to do. Buy something up, improve it a little, and then uh, and unleash it on the public.
1: Eric, we're starting to wind down here in this segment. Is there anything else that we need to know or any other services that you really like that we should be aware of?
2: Well, I, you know, I think Skype is is really key. One thing people should keep aware of, too, if they want to make some calls for free and they need to get in touch with a business... One of the really cool workarounds is to use the 411 services that both Microsoft have, which is Bing 411 and Google's 411, basically call 800-GOOG-411. It's like calling to the 411 with the regular phone company, but they'll give you the information on the business and then connect you for free. They don't charge you that extra little fee like uh, somebody like Verizon would.
1: Gotcha. Thanks for joining us, Eric. No problem. It's Eric Griffith from PC Magazine. PC Magazine has an online site, but they've also got a magazine. It's one of those useful tools so that, let's face it, you can watch the Giants game today, not stress, and that, and know that you're not going to fall way behind what your neighbor's doing and your friends are doing to be cool and hip and, and all the technology trends. So that was, again, Eric Griffith from PC Magazine. Pretty good radio voice. Every now and then uh, you get a guest that you're like, this guy's done media before. You can, you can instantly hear it, and you can instantly hear the charisma in their voice. Anyhow, and anyway, it's the Rob Black and your money show. Coming up, what I have for you is Europe going down the drain. Should you invest? Yes, no, maybe so. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. 910 a.m. More stimulating talk.
0: Sports cars and women are expensive. With Rob's help, you can afford them. You're listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk.
1: Okay, okay, okay. It's one of my favorite lines from Lethal Weapon. Okay, 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 okay. I think it was Lethal Weapon 2. I don't know you're saying, man, you're an idiot today. Fridays, I get a little goofy. Fridays, I'm exhausted. I... I probably work like no other man. I'm probably the best man to be married to. If you want to marry me, I'll die and you can have my fortune. I'm I'm that, I'm that guy. I got maybe five good years left in me because I've worked too hard, and I know that. Now, investing is, is – you're basically investing, and how do you invest? What's the thought here? You invest in asset, right? Assets. There's assets like cash. Cash isn't going to get you a very good return because cash is just cash. It's money. It might have more value uh, compared to the euro. The dollar might gain against the euro. Like you may be able to buy more European. Like this year, we could buy more things in Europe than we could last year for the same dollar. But not a lot more. Like cash doesn't move that much as an investment, as an asset. What's another asset? Stocks. Shares of publicly traded companies. You can become an owner in a company. That's the basic idea. What's another asset? Bonds. Bonds are money that you lend to a company or to a government. It's an IOU where it's not going to be as, as, well, I'm not going to say as good of an investment as stocks because stocks have risk. Stocks have the most amount of risk that you probably know. Bonds, they tend to be secured. If the company goes bankrupt, they owe you money before they, they owe stockholders money. So there's a little bit of a hierarchy on who gets paid out. What's another asset class? Real estate, real estate tends to average four to 5% returns. Bonds tend to average 6% returns and stocks tend to average eight to 10% returns. Keep in mind that inflation tends to average two to 4%. So if you want to retire from age 60 to hundred, you can't just invest in cash because your cash will lose two to 4% in value every year due to inflation. That's a historic number. So you got to go back bigger now 2 to 4% in real estate if you're getting 4 to 5% you're basically break even on what you're able to buy keep in mind any money that you put into your house and pay off early yes you save money on interest but you lose purchasing power of that dollar in 10 20 30 years that dollar ain't going to be what it's worth what it used to be worth it's not going to have that much power and again the easiest way of looking at that is when you were a kid coca-cola probably cost 25 cents a can now coca-cola is buck 80 so for that same can So not everywhere, but most places. Anyway, what's another asset class other than real estate? Let's let's stretch a little bit here, guys. Another asset class could be baseball cards. Now, baseball cards aren't what they used to be. Uh, More, how about I had an asset that I didn't know as a kid, and I ruined it. I used to have Star Wars figures, and I had this big old Darth Vader that I put my Star Wars figures inside of. I didn't take very good care of them. I lost my lightsabers. I lost my uh, Millennium Falcon Han Solo cockpit. So that was an asset. That was something that was worth money. Like, for instance, there's some video games for the Atari 2600 that were very, very rare, like River Raider. And that turned out to be not much loved at the time. So there's not very many of them around today. And then later in life, we were like, I want to relive my childhood. And it's much beloved. Comic books, they could be an investment, Potentially. Not so much today as back then. There used to be more books. There used to be more artwork. They used to not be factory turned out. So if you have the original Superman and or the original Batman, a lot of people want that because those are, are one of a kinds of, as far as assets go. What's another asset class? Painting. Now let me give you a, an idea. Painting. It's not an automatic. You know, dogs playing poker. That's a print. It's not a painting. So it's not an investment. Now, the original Dogs Playing Poker paint, the one that was painted, probably would be worth something. I don't know. To somebody. Like Alexander Calder. His auctions in 2007, 2008, 2009 have been rocking. He's incredible. Incredible as far as an artist goes, as far as collecting right now. He's probably number one. A Renoir. Now, that's real old school. But uh, his Fat chick nude this is what I refer to as femme nude couche, Femme nude um Sold for $9 million. One year later, $10 million. So, as an asset, that's been doing pretty good. Jean Michael Basquet, uh, he's up, down Pierre Bonnard, down Richard Prince, down Keyes von Dugan. So, it's interesting. And again, I don't know art. I'm not going to pretend to know an art. I'm not, for instance, I will tell you that one thing. Most of these artists that I just talked about, they're dead. So th- that's, that's the beauty of investing in them. They can't make more of them. If it becomes hot and everyone in Europe and the United States must have it, they can't make anymore, so the assets are limited, right? So Jackson Pollock, dead. Can't make anymore. So now there's some living artists who I would suggest maybe you consider investing in. The best way to do that would probably be To follow the L.A. art scene. Much better art scene than Northern California. And to check out some of your local museums of modern art. Again, they're alive. It's modern art. That's not a big uh, real brainer. And what you're looking for is potentially artists that are having their first show. Artists that are having their first museum show. Not their first wine and cheese show around the corner. You're looking for people who are having their first big show. So... A thought here, for instance, last year at the Museum of Modern Art in San San Jose, they had a a Camille Rose Garcia, and I talked about it on the show because it's super freaking cool, hardcore, evil. How did that stuff get in her brain? There was one where I think it was the East. It was Santa Claus stabbing the Easter Bunny. It's basically, and, and Mickey Mouse is in a lot of it, and basically it's just a condemnation of how much America has, loves holidays and, and spends money, what a consumer nation we live in. So maybe like you'll see a Mickey Mouse melting from a nuclear accident, and it's a condemnation of nuclear power and a condemnation of, of man, America dreams pitifully. I would invest in a Camille Rose Garcia, and you could probably get an original Camille Rose Garcia for under 50,000. And 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now, that might be a million. Now, again, if she gets another museum show, that's a good thing. If she dies before she's 50, if she turns out art in her 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, the longer they live, the less value. Had Georgia O'Keeffe died in her early 50s, oh, boy, she would be like the hottest artist on the planet. She lived a long time in, in loneliness and solitude in the desert. She's painted so much, there's plenty of our work out there. Now, again, it's got high value. I'm not knocking it. I'd love one for myself. But that's, that's the asset class that is art. And I prefer dead artists for wealthy people. For instance, what's that mean? If you're worth a million, two million dollars, and you, you pick up a piece of art that's got some value, if the economy sucks, if the stock market sucks, if the bond market sucks... You still have a hard asset. you got something that no one else has. There's only one of them in the world, maybe. Or there's definitely only one original, if you get my drift. So it's a non-correlating asset. That's pretty cool, right? So anyway, I just thought I'd talk a little bit about art with you. Now let's change gears. Uh, Portugal. I told you I'd talk a little bit about Europe in a second. so let's talk a little bit about it. <sighs> Portugal. Have you ever been to Lisbon? When you're in Lisbon, they call it Lisboa. Uh, communist city weird right they got a communist headquarters right there so uh lovely city in portugal it, i don't remember exactly but i remember going into a castle uh, that's on the beach that was made out of bones human bones creepy right so you get you get like really old buildings there and the buildings in portugal have tenancy rules tenancy rules rules that help the tenant So ultimately, rents have been frozen for hundreds of thousands of tenants across all of Portugal. And right now, Portugal is starting to look at their austerities. Portugal is starting to look at their, their cost of living. And they're the only country in Europe that doesn't have a free housing market. And that's amazing. Now, I don't like rent control. I think rent control is bad for the long term. I think rent control is nice for the culture. But I think rent control is awful for the long term um, prosperity, because on one level, you have a guy who's renting, you know, a building for twenty seven hundred euros a month. And then there's another guy right across the street from him because he's been in it for 40 years, seventy five euros a month. So I hate rent control. I, again, just as a businessman, I hate it. And The Portuguese government today said they're following Spain's lead in agreeing with the main opposition party on more austerity measures to cut the deficit faster than planned. So they're going to cut. They're going to say, you know what? This, this rule no longer applies Do over. I think you'll see rent control die in California at some point in time. I think you'll see prop 13 die in California at some time, or if it doesn't die, it'll be scaled out. And I would totally support that a hundred percent. If you overhaul Tennessee ru- tenancy rules, um, you get some fear, you get some fear, and people don't much care for that. But Spain and Portugal now are cutting their deficits. They're saying, you know what, we need the higher taxes, and we need to let landlords charge what they can get. So um, where does this lead me? Spain's cutting back. Portugal's cutting back their spending. Greece is cutting back. Europe's going down the drain, ladies and gentlemen. You now, despite the relatively resilient action, in the stock market The euro is going on a a synchronous binge right now with an IMF style budgetary slash and burn. So in another day and age, it would have been possible to imagine one or two European countries pulling off a recovery plan based on fiscal austerity. You know, now with this IMF recipe, which has had a terrible track record of, of helping companies with global prosperity in the 80s and 90s, not to say the 2000s. But trade based demand from growing countries can help pull the struggling countries out of recessions through export led growth which aids in devaluation. But the context of general prosperity, the austerity of a country doing more fiscal house cleaning could attract, you know, excess savings. It could, you know, attract excess savings from the global financial system. So 20 plus countries in the euro can't simultaneously go on an austerity plan. They can't all go on a diet. You can't. So I'm not feeling confident Europe uh, is an investment right now. I would underweight Europe with new money. I would overweight North America. I would underweight most of Asia at this point in time. There's some countries that I've like particularly like Australia and Germany, but I'm not going across the board there right now because I, I see the, the cutbacks being very problematic across Europe, very problematic. And the only reason I'm saying overweight North America right now is, in, and not South America, the only reason I'm saying that is I, I think we've done some of our pain already. So now, again, we haven't even begun to start cutting our deficits. We've increased our deficits. So uh, I'm just telling you where I'm shifting my money to. Get your calls on the air. It is a freebie. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. For those of you in the out-of-market areas who are listening to the stream right now, I love you, too. We got a new Google phone number. It's 415-322-9101. It's 415 415-322- 322 9101. For some reason, that 800 number only works in in the 11 major counties around San Francisco, so it doesn't go national. But if you want to call in from Canada or if you want to call in from outside of California, it's 415 or even Southern California, 415-322-9101. You're listening to Rob Black and your money coming up. I've got headline
0: news for you